All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the No Room to Talk podcast. I'm your host, Shaman, and today I will be joined by Ryan Braves. Uh, Ryan is the founder of Ascension by Design, uh, which is a company website that is used to help promote entrepreneurship in men, basically in married men who have families trying to get things together, trying to find that balance between the two roles of businessman, entrepreneur, and family life. Um, I think, ladies, even if this isn't directly dedicated to something to you, but you know, you have boyfriends, you have husbands, this is also a good piece of information for you to try to help out to bridge that gap between the two. So, Ryan, how are you doing today, sir? I'm good, man. Happy to be here. Outstanding. So, Ascension by Design, what is... If I were able to ask you, like, what is your mission statement behind Ascension by Design? Super simple. Build better men. I believe if we have people out there that are, that are doing the right thing by their families and growing businesses, you're creating the next generation of people to be better people. But it, but it starts here and now. So that, that, that's the summary of what we're doing, man. What led you down that path? Was it your own personal, um, you know, business endeavors and trying to find that balance between, okay, I'm wearing the dad hat, uh, I'm wearing the husband hat, but I'm also the business. And, you know, the main thing about the mentality of us as men, you know, we want to have that good job, that high paying job. uh, So we're willing to put in those hours and almost for, you know, push everything else off to the side to just reach that goal and stay on that treadmill or trying to chase that dollar. Yeah. So for me, it's, uh, Ascension came about slightly by accident. I'll talk about that in a second. Um, but for me, this finding this balance between businessman, entrepreneur and family man, um, was something that didn't necessarily come easy to me. Um, you know, growing up, I grew up in a broken home, uh, parents divorced when I was like, I think even before I was two years old, alcoholic, drug abuser, mother, uh, and father who was in and out of prison. So it was a rough upbringing for me. So, you know, from like childhood to teenage years, I was always hustling, figuring out like, what could I do to make money? Cause parents weren't giving me money. Um, and I eventually became sick of just not having the things that I saw my friends and other people have. So I said, okay, I don't know what my life will be, but I know it won't be what I've seen inside my own home. So, so, you know, whether it was shoveling snow or cutting grass, I was always figuring out how to make money and then figuring out how to see if I can get other people to work for me and have, and have them make money and me make some more money. Right. So, so a lot of my life was figuring out like, the business, like how to do business. Um, so when I got married and it's funny, man, when you talk to someone, like when you're dating someone, you're like, do you want to have kids? You're like, yeah, sure. I, I want to have kids. Right. And, and then when it came down to it, I was totally cool not having kids. And my wife and I are having a conversation one day and she's like, so when are we going to start? And I was like, start what? And she's like, you know, trying to have kids. And I was like, you know, honestly, everything is going so well right now. The business is growing. Like we're traveling, we're doing fun stuff. Um, I'm cool if we don't. And she like literally just like looked me dead in my eyes. She's like, oh no, 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 no. We're, we're having kids. 
And I was like, all right, fine. We'll have kids. And I thought for me, I was going to be the provider, right? Roof over your head, closing your back, food on the table. Like I'll do that. I'm built to do that. And for me, things changed. Not when my first son was born, like, you know, how you hear these stories of people being like, Oh, the moment my son was born, everything in life changed. Like for me, like very transparently, that wasn't the case. It didn't happen until he was about three months old. Um, where when I came in the house, it was the first time I, I, not that I held him or anything like that. We spent a lot of time together, but it was the first time he really recognized me. Like really like smiled and gave me something that I really couldn't explain. It was in that moment. I knew I had to figure out how to be the businessman entrepreneur, but also be a very active, dedicated father and husband in my family. Yeah. And that you bring up a very interesting point. Um, you and I were probably uh, close, close in age. And that was the the thing that was pretty much ingrained in men uh, coming up. You know, uh, make sure the family has a roof over the head. People have clothes on their back and food in their belly. And, you know, mm-hmm. you pretty much you right then you're like, okay, my job is done. You know, I, I've done yeah. it. And that's really not the case because now we're finding out so much more of the relationships that we build with family really dictate um it's nurture over nature of the people that we're going to become the new people that we're going to bring into this world and the type of individuals that they're going to become that they need so much more from us as men to show them you know the things to look out for the things that will trip you up um just the more tools that go in your toolbox and it's powerful that you were able to even in your situation coming up seeing that okay there's more to this than what i'm seeing and mm-hmm. I want to provide something different than what I was receiving. Yeah, for sure. And I think that's really, really powerful. And I, I really appreciate what you're doing because I think in this day and age, um, a lot of men are lost, uh, you know, trying to find that balance. And either they're throwing themselves into their work and neglecting their family life, or they are just, just spinning without any kind of real direction. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and one, one of the things I'll say, I, I think it's, it's important, right? Men were, con- I think we're conditioned to your point to earn, right? Conquer, grow, earn. That's all good stuff. It's all good stuff. But when we let it get away from us, I think is when it becomes the problem. When, when a man is working 10, 12, 15, 18 hour days, and then you ask him, Hey man, why are you working so long and so hard? He'll stop and tell you, I'm doing this for my family. I'm doing this to create opportunity experiences for my family. But very rare does that same man turn around and ask his family what they truly want. Because if he did, I'm telling you, more times than not, the family would say, hey, dad, I just want you. I just want your time. I just want your love. I don't care about the, you know, the. The, the New Jersey you got me or whatever. I would love to just spend time with you. And, and that makes the most difference. So I think, I think there could be a nice, you know, synergy between the two that enables you to grow a business because you should, and you should want to do that for yourself, for your family, for your customers, but also like be there to actively grow and participate in your family uh, is even more important for, for generational not wealth money wise, but generational and legacy um, from generation to generation with families. Right. 
And a lot of times also, uh, just a lot of this deals with the mental makeup of men. Uh, we find ourselves looking to a place where, okay, if I don't reach this certain status, my life is a failure. I am I am incomplete because I yep. don't live in this house. I don't live in this neighborhood. I don't drive this car. Uh, I don't provide these luxury types of things. And that's basically what they all are. They're just, they're things. At the end of the day, they're just things. They don't really hold any value but the value that we put on them. And sure. How do you express or get someone to understand what is, what is, here's a better question. What do you see as success? What defines success to you? It's a great question. So I'll go back to the thing you said before, though. There's nothing wrong with beautiful, fast cars, big houses, nice vacation homes. Like all that stuff is really good in and of itself. But if you are neglecting the people that are most important to you in pursuit of those things, at the end of your day, at the end of your life, when you turn around and look and go, you're not going to say, oh, I wish I had the Ferrari in white, black, and red. You're going to very simply say, I wish I had more time with this person, this person, and this person. Like that, that's the reality. We don't wish for more things at the end of our life. We wish for more time with the people we love. So I, I think that's really important. Um, I'm sorry, I got off. Ask me that question again. I think it was so important. I just had to say that. The definition, what is your definition oh, yeah. of success? Yeah, so for me, that has changed, right? Like early on, I've been, I've been, you know, the business world, entrepreneurial world for the last 15 years. When I first started, it was all about money, goal, hit it, move. Like that was it. Now for me, success is freedom. And does money help you buy freedom? Yes, it does. It does. There's no, there's no and if or buts about it. But for me, freedom of time is everything. Be like, so tomorrow, right? Like back in the day, I used to work Monday through Sunday, like literally Monday through Sunday. Like that was no joke. Like there was, there was that old saying, no days off. There was no days off for now. For me, when I go home tonight, right? It is tonight. I won't go back. I won't touch a damn thing until Monday morning. Cause tomorrow, like we're going pumpkin picking with the family. Like we're doing picnics, you know, uh, my kids have soccer Sunday. My kids have hockey. We have church and we do all that stuff. And it's all, all of us, all family the entire day. So it's, it's really for me, success is freedom of time. Yeah. And, that, and that's one of the things that I've always thought is that your biggest commodity in life is your time. Um, and unfortunately, uh, you know, the meat bodies that we are, we only have a finite amount of that time. Mm-hmm. And finding that balance between, you know, providing father, husband, brother, son to really connect with the people that are very integral to who we are as people and finding a way to be successful financially, which we all want to be, but also to be rich in spirit from the people that surround us. What was it in your life that you found, okay, I'm, I'm not providing enough time, you know, to the family that I, then, you know, these are the people that I care most about, but I seem to be spending the least amount of time around. So, so for me, it was, I was actually, I'm, I'm fairly lucky in the sense that when I literally, this is no bullshit. When I literally walked in the door, 
when my son was three months old and my wife had him like, you know, propped up because he wasn't able to sit up fully on his own, but like propped up. And I walked in and he looked at me and that, that I'm being serious that that changed my life. So there was never really a period of time where I was not like every single one of my days is with full intention to spend committed time to mold. Like, like I set aside specific time each week to individualize my time with my kids. So like yesterday, like I spent, I took my oldest one and we hung out for four hours, just he and I, right. Later tomorrow, my middle guy will spend time. So like it is my entire schedule is built around carving out that time to make sure it happens. Now I will say for the first several years of my relationship with my wife, my business stole time from us. Like if I could take that back, I would do anything to take that back. We didn't travel as much as we should have. We didn't, we didn't, you know, have that downtime as much as we should have because my brain, nothing went off in my brain to tell me that that was wrong at that point in time. No one smacked me in the face. Right. And I can imagine that being a, like a part of contention, especially um, when you're trying to build that relationship with somebody, when you're trying to share that life with somebody and you, like you said, you have it in your head. You're physically like, what do you, what's wrong? I'm, I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing. You know, mm-hmm. um, I'm providing, we have food, you know, we have all the necessities that we need. Um, but like so many of us neglect the number one thing, which is that time, you know, yeah. getting to know who we are together, who we are as people, you know, knowing your likes, your dislikes, you know, your hopes, your dreams, your aspirations and sharing those with you. Because like you said, we're trying to build this life together. And if I don't put in that time to know you, then of course you're not putting in that time to know me. So we're already on like fractured, you know, ground to even begin. So I can imagine that being a real point of contention for you, like as you were saying, in your early relationship. And, and I'll, I'll take it one step further. I, it, it, it was probably even a little bit worse for me because my wife was so understanding and so supportive. I mean, then girlfriend, then fiance, now wife was so supportive. So we, I actually didn't get a lot of opposition. It wasn't like, hey, you're working late again tonight or hey, we can't spend time on Friday. It was like, oh, okay, let, let me know, you know when we can. And I, I, I took that, in hindsight, I took that for granted. Like that wasn't the right thing to do um, you know, to her. It wasn't fair to her. And, and I, 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 everything I do now has that at the forefront. Like I, I feel bad that I can't get that time back for her. So I make sure I'm hyper focused on it now. And I like one of the things that you set that time for family apart. Um, mm-hmm. I'm just now recently becoming a big fan of schedules um, mm-hmm. and list. Um, yeah. A lot of times uh, it would, would come up before when someone, I would see someone like taking notes or uh, writing a schedule or having, you know, a calendar full of like times for doing sometimes the most mundane things. But what that actually do is set you up for a successful day, for a successful month, for a successful year, because you know what you're going to be doing. So mm-hmm. you have that ability to control your time. Um, without that, without that schedule, you're just grasping at straws with, you know, trying to get a, a handhold to something secure. Um, but without that, you have nothing. And that's one of the things that I, I really 
I'm really starting to learn to love is structure. Uh, and I think that's the, the basis of a lot of it is getting that structure, getting an understanding of my time, how much time I have and how to um, spread that out amongst all of my different responsibilities. Structure brings you freedom. That's it. What, what, what one thing I do with my clients, the first, actually it's the first exercise they have to do for me when we start working together is they have to, they have to outline their entire schedule. Even, even what might seem stupid or uh, insignificant, they have, to, they have to put on there. If they go to the gym, if they go food shopping, I mean, literally, I get down to like the nth degree detail because once we see what you're doing, whether you think it or not, whether it's conscious or unconscious, once we see what you're doing, then we can now optimize the efficiency within your schedule to actually gain freedom of time on the other side of it. So that, that's... Uh, that's a, a huge, huge help. And to your point, like that structure is everything. Right. And like you said, so you found out what worked for you in your life. You came to, um, to your Jesus moment to say, okay, this is what I need to be doing. What was the point where you said, you know, I can help other people out that yeah. are probably struggling with this situation. Great, great question. But you, you, you're going to go. Yeah. So, what was it that you said, you know what? I want to give this to other people. I want to show other people that you can have all the things that you are looking into and, and want to have, but you can also have that family life, uh, you know, that quote unquote sitcom type life where, you know, you have it the best of all things. Where sure. was it that made you want to like give that to other people? It was, uh, it was, uh, an accident actually. So a friend of mine has a very successful business. Uh, he consults, uh, gyms, like small, mid-sized, large gyms on how to either start their gym, grow their gym, save their gym. Um, he has different branches of his business, like super uber successful. So someone reached out to him. He's got a great social presence. Someone reached out to him and said, Hey, can you coach me? Can you mentor me? I, I'm, I'm, an, I'm an entrepreneur. I'm not opening a gym, but I love your stuff. So he's, he was a good friend of my college roommate. And he's like, he literally texts me, Hey man, like, there's this guy that wants me to work with them. It's not what I do. I don't have time for it. Would you mind helping out this kid? Um, and he was a young kid, uh, just out of professional school, wanted to start a business. He was sleeping at his parents' house. And I was like, I don't have time for this. Right. Like I have a kid. Yeah. I have a few different businesses. I don't have time for this. And he's like, just, just, just call him, talk to him. And if it doesn't fit, just let him know, like, you can't help him. And when I started talking, we had this initial phone call. When I started talking to him, I, I knew I could help him. Like, I knew that if this, if this kid would just listen to me, he would go from sleeping on his parents' couch to so much more in such a short period of time. And I was like, I'll do it. I'll do it. And make a very long story short. I ended up working with that client for five years. We have a fantastic relationship. Like he, he literally sends me texts on a weekly basis. Like, Hey man, thank you so much. Like, this is what I'm doing. I would have never been, this would have never been possible without you. I mean, like I said, he was literally sleeping on his parents' couch. He made over a hundred thousand dollars in his, in his first 10 months, started his business from scratch. It was all cash. Um, and I'm obsessed with like analytics and like, like analyzing things and solving problems. So for me, I got so much satisfaction and gratification out of doing that, 
that when that happened with him, he recommended like three of his friends out in California that were like business entrepreneurs. So I started working with them and this thing got kind of just snowballed into what it is now. That's amazing. That's amazing. And, and, and another thing, since we're, we're talking about um, the focal point um, of men uh, and there's, you hear so many things now about, you know, um, toxic masculinity that's going on around and things like how do you, you know, and, so, and you have sons and, yeah, and I think that's very important. Um, so how do you teach your sons how to be men in today's society? Yeah. So my, my sons are, I have a four year old, a two year old and an eight month old. So more so the four year old obviously has more grasp and more concept. Um, so for me, man, I'm just teaching him literally to be a good, loving individual. And I think if you lead with that, right, everything else will follow. Is there going to be a time and place where he's going to get hurt and taken advantage of? A, th- a thousand percent, right? But I don't want to teach him to be this alpha, guarded, you know, like overly masculine male that can't cry or can't show emotion, can't show love. I don't think that's a good way to live life. I mean, I, I came from a very broken environment and I don't want him to go through what I went through. And I think if, if we leave with love, like literally like he's like this, like he'll walk down the block. He'll talk to anybody. He'll shake your hand. If he doesn't know you on the street, like literally. So I'm teaching him to be a good person and lead with love. And then, and then we just learn lesson by lesson from there. Yeah. I'm, I'm so glad you said that because that that's been a big thing. Um, for me with these last couple of years of all the things going on, it's like how, what, like, what is a man? Now, what, what is your purpose as a man? Uh, how do you be a man? What defines you as a man? And again, like you said, leading with love, just being a good person, you mm-hmm. know? And I think that's most important uh, because it gets, it gets so lost today and everybody just wants to say, no, this is what it is. This is what it's like. No, let's be decent people to each other. You know, that's it. Right. Like, like, like not to interrupt you, but that's so, I'm so passionate about that, man, because here's the deal. Like over the last 24 months with like the, the political environment, the, the, the racial environment, like all this stuff. And, and I think one of the biggest problems is we look outside of our front door for everyone else to solve the problem, right? Like the president should solve the problem. The, the, the pastor should solve the problem. The preacher, the principal, the whoever, Instead of turning around, looking inside your front door and solving the problem there, teach your kids to to just love people, be good human beings, and then that's how problems get solved. You know, like, like, talking about the race thing, right? Like, my kid, Blake, the four-year-old, he doesn't see skin color. He doesn't, he doesn't see skin color. Like literally when I tell you, like the only skin color I think he's seen thus far is four years of life is the Grinch. He was wondering why the Grinch is green, right? He just, he just loves Zoe because it's Zoe. Doesn't, doesn't matter that she has a different color skin than he does. So these are these, all these negative things are learned behaviors that happen because people inside the home are not willing to teach the right lessons. So I, I'm, I'm really passionate about that with my kids, man. Yeah. I'm, I'm so glad um, to hear, hear you say that because it, that is a big thing. It's like a lot of times we're always looking for 
somebody else to fix our problems. You know, yeah. and we once you realize a lot of times your biggest roadblock, your biggest obstacle is yourself. Uh, you know, and it's hard for people to do. It's hard to be truly critical of yourself because for the most of us, we all love who we are. You know, you, you nobody's ever going to love you more than you love yourself. But yeah. loving yourself also means being critical of yourself and taking ownership of your wrongs. You know, That's none it. of us you are perfect. It. Yeah. You said it right there. That that one word, ownership. That's it. Yeah, because we none of us go through this life without making mistakes. Uh, you know, but what do we do with those mistakes? You know, how do we correct those mistakes so we don't repeat them so that makes us a better person? Um yep. my biggest thing is I tell people is because uh, I've had, you know, um friends and stuff because just like over three years ago I was like I was a little I wasn't little, I was well overweight. <laughs> you know. And I decided to make a change and do something uh, about that and fix it. So I, you know, started exercising, started watching what I eat, um, going to bed at a decent time, you know, so I'm not so tired where I want to just get up and eat junk food, you know, things like that. And a lot of people are asking me, it's like, well, how do you do this? How do you do like, what's that? And I'm just like, look, don't look at like where the end of my journey is. Do something different today that you didn't do yesterday and Love continue that. that. Love yeah. that. So don't, I think we get so hung up a lot of times is because we want that instant gratification because so much of life is instant gratification. We are always looking at, Oh, look at this person here. They've got that, but we don't see the journey. We just see the end result of the journey. A highlight reel. Yes. That's the, that's the unfortunate part, man. You know, like social media is a double-edged sword. It's so beautiful because you can reach so many more people and stay in touch with so many more people. But the only thing is, is most people are not willing to show you the struggle. That's becoming, that's becoming more so common now. I would say the last like 12 months, people are willing to show you the journey a little bit. Yeah. Um, but yeah, man, we're, we're constantly matched up against other people's highlight reels. And to your point, like, most people are not willing to say, you know what? Here's the problem. I got it. I'm conscious of it. And now I'm willing to put in the hard work to get to where I want to be. And I'm willing to just, to just do it and stay consistent with it. And that's where the magic happens. I mean, look what you've done. You, I mean, you look like you're a personal trainer. <laughs> I appreciate right? that. I, it, it's, it's so true because in, in, here's the thing. I was a short story for myself. Um, so, uh, NBC used to run that TV show, um, biggest loser, you know, they had these overweight people and they would go through and I would watch that show and you would think by watching that show, I would gain some kind of inspiration, but I didn't, I would just be angry at sure. seeing these people who at the beginning I was fine because you know, they look like me. I was like, ah, you know, you know, Hey, I like cheeseburgers. I like cake too. So, but at the end of the show, I saw their transformation, but I neglected to even look or even to truly acknowledge the work that they put in to get where they were. And mm. I tell people a lot of times hate that you put out on people is just misplaced praise. I know. And a lot of times when you're mad at somebody that you don't even know, you're really mad at yourself because yeah. you didn't put yourself out there and yep. try something. And that's yep. what a lot of the, you see like, uh, nasty comments on youtube videos or social media it's not so much as who the person is it's more or less 
the person who is writing those comments how they feel about themselves. Correct. Yeah. Good insight, man. That was good. And so I definitely want to get back to uh, your business. So <laughs> let's say uh, I'm an entrepreneur. I, I want to start. What is like the first thing that coming through saying, hey, Ryan, I want to start. I, I need some guidance. Like, how do I begin? Like, what is my first yeah. step? Great question. So the first step is figuring out where you are in your entrepreneurial journey. So for me, like I, I'm, I'm actually starting with someone later today and they're about a year, year and a half into their business and it's not going so well. They're burning through cash. So it's me first and foremost, understanding where you are, like literally like doing a full analysis of where you are in your business. Then very specifically figuring out exactly what you want and more importantly, why you want it. Like, why, like, what, what is it? Do, do you want to make $10 million? Okay. Right. Why? Uh, I just want to make time. I heard it. I heard someone else do it. I looked like it was cool. Okay. But you know what? The first time you get punched in the face, you're probably going to sit down for the rest of the time. Right. Whereas if you're like, I want to make $10 million because I need to feed kids in Africa and that's my legacy. It's like, okay. So, so we get very clear on the what is, what, 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 the, what the what is that you want, and then why you want it. And then we start to reverse engineer that entire process. So have you ever, um, ever had someone come in with unrealistic expectations about the process of what they can do? And like, how do you course correct that type of thinking? Because again, a lot of times people think, okay, so now I'm going to give Ryan my time and he's going to make me a millionaire and yeah. like that's coming in um yeah. you know we're not all going to be millionaires but like again it takes us back like but we still can be successful in life without being a millionaire so how do you plant that yeah. seed in the and course correct that thinking yeah so i so number one i have clients that come to me that, that don't want to increase the the number of their business like they don't care about the like they're already doing well they're just suffering in their family or their marriage is on the, on the brink. They don't have a relationship with their kids. So the monetary thing is not the only thing. And I always tell people, I personally am not going to be the one that makes you successful. Not happening. What I do, the tactics I'll share with you, the path that I'll guide you along can make you successful if you choose to be successful. Like you have to choose. Like I can tell you this amazing strategy, this tactic, or or how to increase uh, your client acquisition or your customer retention. I can teach you all that stuff. But if you're not willing to actually put in the work, if you're not willing to go through failure and challenge and hurdle and pain, it's not happening. Like it is not happening. So for me, before anyone signs on the dotted line with me, like I make them very aware that there's going to be a bunch of work to do. And, and if they're willing to take that challenge, I'm in it with you the whole time. Like my clients, like literally, they could text me at 10 o'clock at night, right? If they really need me, they can call me. Like whatever it is, like it's a relationship together because I want to see them succeed. But I will put it back in their face. If they're not doing the work that it takes, I'm going to be the first one to say, I don't need you to like me, right? I know one day you'll love me, but I don't need you to like me in the moment. And I'm very honest and transparent with them, uh, especially if I know what they're shooting for is really important to them. That's the big thing that you pointed out right there is failure. Um, <laughs> learning 
how to deal with failure. Uh, we've all had where we've come up short, um, where we thought that you know everything was going smoothly, and then all of a sudden the rug gets pulled out from underneath you, and you get that first real taste of failure. Yourself, <laughs> when you first in your business career, when you first hit that first wall, how were you able to pick yourself up? Yeah, so I'll, I'll, I'll tell you something funny. Um, I hit that first wall uh, at, at the exact same time in, a, in multiple businesses. So it wasn't just like a little speed bump. It was almost like I fell off a cliff. So at, at 27, 28 years old, I was involved in six different, seven different businesses, six or seven different businesses. Like look, 27, 28, like I had a really nice car, drove really nice clothes. I had really nice clothes. I was going to Vegas, partying. I was doing all this stuff, right? Because everything was going pretty well. And then it wasn't. And then it all crashed. And I literally lost everything. Everything. Like I had $3,000 to my bank account. And I had, I still had six different businesses. It was not good. So for me, the first thought that went through my head is like, all right, you're failed miserably. You're not good enough. You're not smart enough. It's just not going to happen for you. Like, like you just, it wasn't cut out for you. And so I thought, okay, downgrade, downgrade the hopes and the dreams, right? Downgrade the lifestyle. Go get a job. Like go do the nine to five thing. It's less stressful. It's easier. Like you'll get a steady paycheck, all this stuff. And, and that never sat well with me. I couldn't wrap my head around that, that change of the dreams and the hopes and the, the quote unquote downgraded lifestyle. I couldn't, it, it just didn't work. So what I had to do was go back and reinvest myself, build new skill sets, learn new things, invest in coaching and mentorship and all that stuff. And I'll tell you now today, failure is not the same way I looked at failure eight, nine, 10 years ago. Like back in the day, I said, okay, if I failed, I'm not good enough. If I failed, I'm not smart enough. Now I go, I failed. Great. Let's analyze. Let's see what happened. Let's fix the problem and pivot or move on. And I, that is a really big problem that I think a lot of us uh, have come to have is not knowing how to deal with adversity. Mm -hmm. um, because like I said, we like to be comfortable. Everyone likes, you know, nice, cushy, soft place to land uh, when things start to fall apart. But unfortunately, that's not that's not reality. That's not the real world. But what we do have is the capacity to grow from our failures, um, to learn from them. And they, if you're willing to put in the time, willing to give of yourself and put in that extra work, because it's going to be work. It, you know, to anyone listening right now, I will tell you, any time that you are out here trying to achieve a goal, there will be missteps. But you have to stay the course. You have to learn that it's just a moment in time. It is not the entirety of everything. It, it will get better, but you got to do the work. It's number one. You, um, I was talking to a buddy the other day, and it takes me back to school uh, when you were doing your math tests. And, you know, I got all the answers, but I didn't show the work, you know, and that's the thing. It's like you got to show the work. If you want the correct answer, you got to show the work. And Love that. that's, it's something, and I had no idea. It just resonated with me later in life. It's like, if you want it and you got to get the answer, you got to show the work. 
Yeah. You know, and that's what's going to make it. And, you know, the, the juice is definitely worth the squeeze. But yeah. like I said, you're going to have to squeeze. Yeah, man. And I'll say, I'll say just to add one more thing to that, you know, going through school, right? You go through elementary school, you know, when you're going to go to junior high, like you, you have the, the timelines there, you graduate junior high, you go to high school timelines there, you start college, the timelines there for college, right? Whether it takes you three and a half years, four years or five years, whatever. The problem with business ownership and entrepreneurship is there's no timeline. Right there's there's the preconceived timeline. Oh yeah, I know the first year is gonna be tough, but once I make it through the first year, then I should be successful. And the problem is when year two's not working out so well, you're like, shit. I guess this wasn't for me. I guess let me go find a different business. See, there's no preordained or predetermined timeline when it comes to business ownership. So that's why it's really important to know why you're getting in to the business you're getting into in the first place. Because if you're doing it because you have a love for that thing, the product or the service, then the timeline doesn't dictate success or failure, right? Achieving the goal does. And that's why all anyone that's achieved anything of massive scale, right? Is always like, yeah, it took 10 years of making $0 or making minimum wage for 15 years. And then all of a sudden they sell their company for a billion dollars. Like that didn't happen. Like in the 15th year it was, you know, day zero through whatever it was. So that's, that's a big thing. We have to wrap our heads around as entrepreneurs. Absolutely. And another thing goes right back to the family thing. Um, what I think is really important and what a lot of people miss out on is there's nobody in their corner saying, you can do it, you know, I, and that is such a powerful thing that people take for granted is just telling somebody, no, you can do it. Yep. You know, you, I, I believe in you. I have faith in your ability um, because that's it's so powerful to just know that you, you're not the only one. And yeah, man. I was listening to a TED talk uh, the other day. And it, again, I, I, I like to pick up on things of people who are actually going out and trying things. And what he said was, you only have one vote in the matter of anything. The rest of it will dictate whether or not, you know, it's really important because we can either be as high on ourselves or as low on ourselves. But a lot of times it's really not our vote that's mm-hmm. going to dictate, you know, our business side of things on how we're going to move um, through our like our financial futures, but if someone has that belief in you, I'm gonna do it. Because there's been plenty of times people have told me I can do something. I was like, I can't do this, but we're about to figure it out, you know. <laughs> and that's what it takes is just that push. And again, I think that's so powerful for for you, uh, the way that you're finding that balance between the business and the family. And what you are putting into your family, raising your sons with that ability to be, I can do things, you know, it's going to take some time. I'm going to have to work at it. It's not going to be given to me, but I can do it. Yeah. It's also community. It's very important. It's very, I I go, go through this with all of my clients, all of them. You have to audit your group, right? Like who are you spending your time with? 
because people are either going to help to your point, people are either going to help move you along, right? Or they're going to push you in the wrong direction. And it's not because they're bad people or they have ulterior motives. It's just, they might not be trying to do similar things in their lives. So they don't know how to help you along that journey. So it is really important, especially as a business owner and entrepreneur that you are around other business owners and entrepreneurs that are moving in the right direction. So for me, it's not just about my one-on-one work with my clients, if that's important and whatnot, but I've also created a community where people are seeing other people do the same thing and then people are there for each other. Like when someone goes through a struggle, because you said it before, it's going to happen. It's not if it's going to happen, it's when it's going to happen. And someone else, even besides myself, goes, hey man, I've been there. I know exactly what you're going through. Do this, try this. Let's talk back and forth because I know you can do it. And the person's like, oh, shit, I'm not the only one. Let, let, me, let, me, do, let me take that step forward. And when that starts to happen on a regular basis, you achieve more than you ever thought you could. So it's super important. That is. Uh, community is a very powerful thing. Um, mm-hmm. When you have like-minded people that have your best interest at the, at the center of what they're telling you and what they're doing for you, uh, it makes a world of difference, a world of difference. Yeah. Um, positive energy. I mean, a lot of times people here, you know, I, I like to be as positive as possible. And a lot of people think that's, you know, foo-foo type deal. But when you really look at it, when you really, really look at it, that is one of the most powerful things that we can do for each other as humans mm-hmm. is to be a positive influence. Um, mm-hmm. It goes down to just saying good morning to somebody that you don't know, you know. Mm-hmm. That is is what really will bring us together and move people in the right direction. Because if someone sees you doing something decent for somebody, now I may move on through my day and I'm like, Hey, that guy this morning, I saw him do that. Here's a chance for me to do that. Yeah. You know? And if we all have that same mentality, it just creates a chain reaction and builds us to build us not only better communities, better States, a better country, a better sense of humans of who we are as people moving through this life. Yeah, for sure. So one more thing. So this is a big thing. I like to to let people have the final say on things. You Ryan, what is your one message? If there's one person listening right now, that's feeling like they want to try something but they don't feel they have the tools to step out there and build something for themselves, but they have that want. What do you say to them? Yeah, two, two things. Uh, so I'll kind of combine them because I know you asked for one, but get started, get started and, and deliver on value. So, what, so you don't have to have all the flashy tools and whatever. You don't have to have a great mic or you know an Apple like laptop or lighting set like that I have here. But if you have a love for your customer, for your client, and you're like, I'm going to improve their life in some way, shape or form, either through the product that I have here or the service that I'm going to provide them, then you lead with that. And if people know that you're really authentic and you just want to help them, they're going to gravitate towards you. 
They'll also tell you that, hey, this thing isn't the, the greatest, but I still support you. And then you listen to your customers and you start to modify and you start to improve and you start to pivot and all this stuff. It starts to happen and the momentum starts to build. But if you don't start, it'll never happen. And if you don't have a genuine interest in delivering value to people, then it will only happen for so long until it crashes. Absolutely. That's powerful stuff. Um, Ryan, thank you. Like this was a great conversation. Um, like I'm taking, uh, that's really the whole sole purpose of me doing these podcasts is getting to meet interesting people who are out there trying to make a change, not only like in their lives, but in the lives of people that they touch. And this is like really important stuff. Um, again, thank you so much for your time. This, this is, been a really awesome conversation to have yeah man i appreciate the uh your time and the platform that you're delivering for for your listeners and stuff like that to actually hear this stuff take it put it on rewind and then start to implement it because that's the that's 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 where it actually starts right absolutely it's, it's not it's not just the listening like that that's good like this is good stuff this is a great conversation it's saying hey man did he say one thing did he say one one thing that I could hang on to and start to implement. And that's where things start to change. So this has been fun. Thank you. So with that, ladies and gentlemen, I'm Shaman. I've been joined today by Ryan Braves. Um, You check in the show notes. I'll be putting links to his website. That is Ascension by Design. Uh, Definitely check him out. Um, Again, go out there, do something for yourself. Be a positive influence, not only in your life, but in the lives of people around you. And with that, we'll be back next Wednesday. Peace.